Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome again. Here we are for another Chakra Chat. And today I'm talking to Greg Whiting. And Greg is a healer and has worked really to develop a system and way of healing that he has used himself. As you hear in our discussion, he had a lot of issues um, physically, which he went down on a long old journey to heal and has now developed ways, methods, um, very holistic, you know, very whole body, um, mind, body, spirit, soul, um, healing techniques to assist his clients in healing, um, healing anxiety, depression, chronic pain, mental illness. And there's a beautiful, um, again, you know, when I speak to healers, I always love the way that the chakras just show up. Even if they're not invited, <laughs> they show up. And so, yes, here we are. This is the map of your body's energy. And use it wisely. Use it intelligently because it's there for you to heal yourself. Greg talks a lot about... Um, the innate ability that the body has to heal itself. And this is what we talk to and what we investigate. So enjoy. Okay, um, so welcome to the Chakra Way Meditation Podcast. And today I'm joined by Greg Whiting, who is a healer. Um, and all round, um, very interesting guys. So welcome, Greg. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Roseanne. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's lovely to see. I'm looking at Greg in the beautiful sort of San Francisco sunshine pouring in behind him. And I'm sitting in a very cold, dark UK. So it's very nice to to reach out and have a, have a chat with you. So you are a healer and one of the, you know, obviously people who listen to my podcast know that I am really interested in um, talking to people who deal with healing because healing is such an energetic process, um, you know, and I know that you will probably speak to the sort of the traditional Western medicine, healthcare side of things as well. But just tell me a little bit about how you got to become a healer and what started you on your journey to, to be who you are today. Sure. Yeah. You know, the, the tools that I help my clients heal with today are the tools that I use to heal myself. So mm -hmm. if you met 25 years ago, I was really struggling. I was living with chronic pain, um, pretty debilitating anxiety and depression. 
uh, had a severe curve in my spine, scoliosis. And I found that a lot of traditional approaches to therapy were ill-equipped to address what I came to understand as trauma stored in my body mm -hmm. and maladaptations to the trauma and the stress that were really compounding the anxiety and the depression and the pain I was experiencing. So that led me on a pretty extensive journey to find out how to heal. And that was following breadcrumbs, which, you know, was a first, an introduction to energy medicine and Reiki, which um, was the first time I had an experience where I was living or experiencing myself outside of my own pain body. Um, and that was pretty revealing um, to get a sense that, oh, I'm not my pain <laughs> up until that point. Um, I, all I knew was my pain. And so I had a deep identification with my pain and that continues to just perpetuate <laughs> more and more of it. Yeah. So to, to get a glimpse that I'm not my pain um, really catapulted my healing journey. So four years into studying energy medicine, I was introduced to meditation and that led me to India for eight months. And that's where, you know, developing somatic and mindfulness-based practices to really start to release stress and tension and trauma stored in the body um, was a really important part of my healing journey. And then thereafter, kind of the world of yoga and Ayurveda, and then that led me to the world of trauma and neuroscience. And so, yeah, I am three inches taller today than I was 25 years ago, no longer live with chronic pain, anxiety, or depression. So I've really reverse engineered all of what helped me heal to create as much as as much of a step-by-step -step process for folks to heal themselves. Mm. So mm. that's the journey. God, that's a that's a, a wonderful journey. And I can totally see the breadcrumb trail. It's really, really interesting. Um and and I think, you know, one thing that that resonated for me that you said is that you like you were your pain. You really identified with your pain. And I think that that's something that people who do suffer with chronic pain or even anxiety or any kind of, um, you know, trauma-based type of, um, you know, debilitating, as you say, situation. But pain, especially physical pain, it's so, it feels like so inescapable that that's all you know. And it's that classic thing of wherever you place your attention it's where your energy goes to and so when all you're focusing on is your pain is your pain then that's all you you know that's all you get is your pain your pain so to be removed from that was extraordinary so that was through reiki right yeah that was through reiki where i just got a glimpse of just mm -hmm. rising above my pain body and you know that was a friend introduced me to energy medicine she was actually also a massage therapist mm. she offered me a massage but at the time i was living in such severe chronic pain that i didn't even want physical touch so that's when the introduction to reiki came in and she said she didn't even have to you know physically touch or just use gentle touch um and yeah i found realized i found something i didn't even know i was looking for yeah and that you know i've been reading some books on meditation and time and nature and music were kind of my i wouldn't even at that time call it my spiritual path although that now looking back that was kind of my journey to connecting to my spirit and connecting to something outside of my pain you know something more true and authentic to who i am and so yeah that was quite the awakening yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to, if we sort of go, track back to the beginning of what you were saying, and the source of most of our pain, depression, anxiety, illness, whatever, you know, a lot of it can be put down to stress, sure, but you said trauma. So what I want to ask you is, is um, when you say trauma, what, I mean, obviously we all know sort of the you know very obvious traumas that we you know that people suffer you know various abuses and and poverty or I don't know various traumas that people go through experiences shocks accidents what have you but I feel like we all have some kind of level of trauma 
that can then come out in some physical way or in a mental issue way. So how do you go about sort of identifying what somebody's trauma is and sort of unpicking it? Because, you know, you could be quite sort of thinking, well, nothing ever bad's happened, but I'm still experiencing this chronic pain. You know, or you go, well, you know, I did have a traumatic thing, but why should that mean that I've got chronic shoulder pain? So how do you go about sort of putting the trauma and the and the, the situation that needs healing? How do you go about putting those together and understanding that? Sure. Yeah, good question. So as much as I help people heal trauma, my focus isn't on the trauma. You yeah. know, the function of my work is actually just to help people restore their connection to their innate wisdom. And innate wisdom was a term that was first developed in the world of chiropractic many decades ago. Mm -hmm. And it's likened to the healing mechanism that if we get a paper cut, we'll send platelets and proteins and orchestrate all these biochemical transmissions to heal the paper cut. Mm -hmm. So that healing mechanism gets disrupted from stress and from trauma. So the function of my work is to just help people restore their connection to their innate wisdom. So in many cases, we don't actually have to name the trauma. We don't, don't even have to visit the trauma. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Useful. And, and, and in some cases it is the more we are connected to our innate wisdom, then the more we may have eyes to see the trauma. We may have more of an awareness of these maladaptations to stress, but yeah, it's true. A lot of times, uh, my, I'll have clients that say, well, nothing bad happened to me. So I don't think I have trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, trauma isn't always these big, bad things that happen to us. I think we can also consider trauma as just any adverse lived experience that we harbored on our own, where we lacked support, where we lacked connection and where we lacked safety. Mm -hmm. And so Another way to look at trauma, which I think is more insidious, which a lot of folks come to me where they, again, nothing bad happened to them, but in early development, perhaps they couldn't rely on consistent, reliable support to get their needs met. So when we're very young, if our developmental needs are not being met, that can literally signal life or death, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Early on, we start to develop strategies to either hide or perform parts of ourselves to try to, you know, get our needs met because the signal is, well, if I'm not getting my needs met, something must be wrong with me. So let me, you know, change who I am or, you know, suppress parts of who I am so mm -hmm. I can be loved or be liked, be seen and get my needs met. And that really sets up a whole pattern of hypervigilance, right? This sense of having to hustle for one's worth and yeah. this pedal to the metal mindset that, um, yeah, really starts to lend itself to adrenal fatigue and burnout and overwhelm later in life. And so that's, I think, a bit more of the insidious trauma where folks realize, well, nothing bad happened to me, but mm, maybe some, maybe the right good things weren't in place either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so often when it comes to healing, um, and it's, you know, and I teach this on, on my chakra course, and it's the, it's sometimes the toughest part of the work. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't ask people to tell me about it, but, you know, the stuff that happened to you in your childhood, the programming that happened in your childhood, the sort of, um, whether you were, supported or not is it has a huge impact on your energetic body as you as you go through life and and for me it's one of these things where I really want to sort of make it known to all new parents <laughs> because it's too late for the rest of us you know we've we've had our childhood you know um that you know that those that is such a such an important formative thing for for kids you know up to the age of seven like you kind of think oh there's nothing you know they won't remember they're little you just sort of uh, whatever you know they're just kids and it's such a such a wrong way to think um because as you say if you're not getting your needs met in those very formative years which in chakra terms we relate to that root chakra which is all about survival your family you know having what you need to just 
be you know to to live your life um yeah it can have come out in all sorts of different ways energetically and that's um yeah can play out in 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 lots of different ways so you know there's a it's interesting because you obviously you're looking at healing um pain but you also hear look to heal anxiety and depression which um do you find that those are sometimes they come from the same place but just display differently how how does that i don't know why that's that's just occurred to me that is that a is that uh true in any way that depends on the person and how you deal with things and how your body is whether it's physical pain that comes out or anxious anxiety you know more sort of mental side of things so yeah i i don't really distinguish any difference between mental emotional or physical yeah addressing how the residue of trauma is stored in the body it's going to impact all levels of who we are physical emotional mental spiritual um, because all of these aspects are energy, right? And so a residue of trauma that gets stored, let's say in the connective tissue and fascia is going to pull on the muscles and bones. So that's going to distort literally our postural balance, that residue and stagnation of emotions going to compromise the immune system. Uh, it's certainly going to activate the nervous system. It's going to impact hormonal balance. And so the function of healing is to really help address the subconscious and the unconscious mind, which gets stored in the physical body. Yeah. Uh, you know, so many of us are living from the neck up because these imprints of trauma stored in the body are really not making the body a safe place to inhabit, right? So in some cases, trauma is too much too soon. And so there's an overwhelming experience that floods the nervous system and we don't have the capacity to process it and to feel it. And so that gets stored in our cells and in our tissues and that's gonna impact physiological function, that's gonna impact our thoughts, our behaviors, our beliefs. Mm. So yeah, I find when it comes to anxiety, depression and chronic pain, they start to kind of create a feedback loop. You know, I was talking to a student the other day who, you know, is, probably 70% better in terms of their physical pain. Um, and healing is nonlinear. You know, we take two steps forward and one step back. So each time they take one step back, even though, you know, they are 70% improved and they just take one little step back and they're still far, you know, more out of pain than they have been in some time that activates the fear, the fear mm. of more pain. So then that kicks up the anxiety, right? Yeah. Um, so it can become a bit of a vicious cycle. And that's really the function of the mindfulness-based practice is the mind training to strengthen the muscle of the mind to consciously make the choice to not zone hone in on just the pain with this narrow lens, which again, we tend to do, mm -hmm. um, to expand our uh, the aperture of our vision to see that, okay, there's pain here, but there's all these other parts of my experience too. So then the pain isn't the singular experience. We just get to put the pain in perspective. And over time, that mind training then helps us to start to look at the aperture of possibility that's out on the horizon. So it just helps us, yeah, kind of track both global and local awareness. So there may be local experiences of pain or anxiety or depression, but that's not the totality of our experience or the totality of who we are. Mm. And that's practice. That is, that's practice. Mm, yeah. I mean, this, 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 the, the fact that we store so much, you know, all of our energy is stored in our bodies and it comes out in these you know whack-a-mole kind of ways who knows where it's going to pop up and what form this you know whatever trauma we have whatever you know energy that we're holding on to that we don't want to hold on to um it's not it's 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 a it seems to me that that the sort of traditional western healthcare system doesn't take that into into consideration we're very much when we go to the doctor getting our symptoms treated 
Um, and I don't know if you are detecting any shift in that these days. I mean, I I know that in the UK, certainly, you know, you drop doctors will, you know, prescribe things like gardening or yoga or, um, you know, they'll prescribe things which are energy based, but they won't say, you know, go and get some Reiki. <laughs> So how do you um I mean, what's what's your sort of take on on that the way the healthcare system deals with with the pain that we feel because obviously on the whole we're giving a given a pill here's the pill it'll take it away take the pill happy days Well and I think we're in an interesting time because there there there's a I think trauma is an invisible epidemic and there are more people today suffering with anxiety, depression and chronic pain than there ever has been before. Agreed. And there are more people being medicated for anxiety, depression and chronic pain than there ever have been before. Yeah. So something doesn't add up because everyone being treated with medication yet just as more people than ever suffering. Um, yeah. Tells me that some, something's not really working here, but just at the same time, you know, there is actually Reiki in lots of oncology settings and hospitals. So there is more alternative medicine and energy medicine that is being practiced in a more institutionalized setting. Um, a, a huge um, source of my referrals comes from a psychiatrist. So he is treating his patients medically. Um, but to his credit, one of his clients or patients um, after she started working with me, just no longer needed medication. And I've seen this before when my clients have become less dependent on medication, a doctor will just brush it off and say, well, it must've been a misdiagnosis in the first place. <laughs> and to his credit, he said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm, you know, I'm doing all this healing work with Greg. And uh, he gave me a call and we've had several conversations. This is already, gosh, probably five or six years ago. And now he's become a huge referral source for my practice. So he sends many of his patients with uh, complex trauma and PTSD to me um, because he realizes that while he's helping some of them, I'd say kind of tread water just to mm -hmm. stay, if, um, you know, and again, sometimes I think where folks are at, depending on how severe their pain is, their anxiety or their depression is. I think medication can be kind of a life preserver that gets thrown out and it's just helping people. Yeah. Not sink. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a time and a place for it. However, a lot of folks are taught that, well, this chemical imbalance is what's causing your anxiety or depression. So we're going to treat the chemical imbalance medically. And then a lot of folks think, well, that must be that. Yeah. The thing is research has never actually proven that chemical imbalance causes anxiety or depression. And we don't even actually know the origins of why we have chemical imbalance. So the thing is, you know, underlying trauma and attachment wounding are two huge causative factors beneath anxiety, depression, and I think in a lot of cases um, as well, chronic pain as well. And so, and the good news is we have a lot of tools to help us actually heal yeah. <laughs> unresolved trauma and attachment wounding. And when we do, chemical imbalance will often clear up. And then so too can our anxiety, our depression, and our pain. But, you know, for me, I'm all about an integrative approach. So a lot of my clients are coming to me and they've been medicated through their psychiatrist that has sent them to me. And my goal isn't to get them off their meds. My goal is for them to just live their best life, right? And for some, that's a balance where maybe they, you know, find they can, you know, lessen their dependence on some meds but I've had many, many, many clients completely eliminate their dependence on medications. Wow. Um, once you've addressed the underlying patterns, you know, yeah. cause we think of the chemical imbalance, the anxiety, the depression, the chronic pain is really just the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Working with energy medicine and somatics, mindfulness, trauma, and neuroscience, we're starting to unpack all the causative factors that are beneath the tip of the iceberg, beneath the surface. And that's when people can really reclaim their power, reclaim their agency. And that's, that's, that's the heart of healing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I find that you know, it's interesting to hear you talk, you know, in a very sort of straightforward, um, you know, healing way, because the work that I do with the chakras, when I teach people about that, you know, I'm, 
I'm trying to give them the tools that, you know, and they're all of those same tools, you know, they're very somatic. It's, you know, it's body work, yoga, breathing, meditation, awareness, intelligence, self-investigation, um, you know, all sorts of different things uh, can be used, you know, myriad, an endless number of ways that you can access your energy to shift and and change and heal and create transformation but I'm interested to know because um, I was having a look at your website obviously and I see that you have a sort of system which you call Prisma and I was looking at looking at that and and of course I was joyful to find that you have seven pillars because so often when I'm talking to people who are healers and they have some kind of a system or you know the number of times, uh, more often than not, there are always seven pillars, which, you know, I work with the seven chakra system. So it always makes me happy because I feel like <laughs> there's always going to be a, a parallel that we can draw somewhere. So talk me through what Prisma is and how what how it works, how you came up with it, what it consists of. I mean, that's an awful lot of questions. So start wherever yeah. you fancy. Absolutely. And yeah, I didn't seek out to create, you know, Prisma or the seven pillars that was, you know, over the last, I'd say five years, me really reverse engineering what I'd been teaching intuitively um, and, you know, seeing really great results, helping people heal. And as I was reverse engineering it, I realized that what I was teaching intuitively did kind of fall into these seven pillars, mm -hmm. uh, which do actually correspond to the chakra system. Um, I actually don't actually teach the chakra system in my foundational course. So people learn the seven pillars without the roadmap of the, the chakras yet. I teach that in kind of the, the next phase of my training program. Um, however, yeah, the seven pillars are really the drop pins on the roadmap to healing. And so basically Prisma is an eight week online course. Um, the first module is trauma foundation. So just developing an understanding of what trauma is, just a vocabulary and an understanding of the nervous system. And so that trauma and neuroscience roadmap, I find is just helping my students get a lay of the land. You know, for me, I felt like my healing path was a long and windy road and I was seeing healers and therapists and I knew I was on the right path, but I didn't really know exactly where I was or where I was headed. Yeah. You know, yeah. If I had been understood what the nervous system was 25 years ago, that would have just given me that much more of a contextual framework for the work I'm doing. So I want to give that to people so they don't have, there's no guessing games or, you know, um, and, you know, just pull back the curtain so we can just see the path ahead of us. And then, yeah, the seven pillars are the drop pins on that map. And so, I consider them kind of helping folks map a journey from pain to purpose. Um, so the first pillar is nervous system regulation. And so that's where we can derive psychological safety, trust, and really that sense of grounded stability and presence. Um, the second pillar is embodiment. And so how can we actually live, you know, not just from the neck up, but start to inhabit our body and really feel ourselves. Yeah. Um, that is tied into, yeah, returning to a fluid, a fluid body, right? And so thawing out the, the stagnation of trauma that calcifies and makes us rigid and hard. Um, so when we can reclaim our ability to feel ourselves, we can reclaim agency and presence. Um, and then the third pillar is attunement, which is really the heart of emotional intelligence. And that's where I talk about grieving the loss of what never was. So in terms of processing the emotional impact of unmet needs and early development and harnessing the, the power of our emotions, understanding the anatomy of our emotions so we can heal relationally, understanding what our needs are, communicating what our needs are, navigating conflict in a way that can create a bridge of connection. And so that's really the power of connection, um, which again, connection is a huge healing tonic from kind of the alienation and isolation of trauma. Um, fourth pillar is uh, orientation, which is very much a sense of belonging within the heart. And it's helping us renegotiate how we relate to our values. Our values are often 
derived from the most emotionally significant experiences in our life, yeah. kind of for better or for worse. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of exploring the, the dynamic between fear-based motivation and aspirational inspiration. So what are we motivated to move away from, which is often fear and pain? Mm -hmm. What are we inspired to move towards? <clears throat> and how can we then fulfill and live into our values from a place that is more aspirational and less fear-based. Um, and then the fifth pillar is narration, which, you know, throat chakra, how do we start to um, shift the, the regressive behaviors and beliefs organized around wounding to create more of a possibility consciousness? So how do we flip the script on a lot of the narratives um, a lot of the stories, a lot of the behaviors and beliefs that um, can oftentimes keep us stuck and organized around wounding and repattern them towards possibility. Mm. Um, it's like the essence of neuroplasticity, where mm. our imagination literally is creating the structure of our brain and the structure of our lives. Um, the sixth pillar is identity. And that's really the self-inquiry work, you know, and how we are not our wounding. So if we are not our wounding, who are we? So yeah. living that inquiry. And I think that's where we access a lot of creativity uh, and really is the birthplace of innovation um, and experiencing who we are as process and change, as opposed to this fixed, rigid thing. Um, and then the final a pillar is impact and really this sense of purpose, our connection to all that is, um, like Swadharma, like our connection to our, our purpose. And what if our purpose isn't externally driven, but uh, it's really a pathway to intrinsic motivation. Um, like I love the imagery of knowing our place in the cosmic order. So a star in a constellation just gets to be itself and it knows its place in the cosmic order. And so this idea that purpose is not so much what we do, but who we are. And all of these pillars are just helping us live in a place of presence uh, where we just get to kind of unburden everything that is getting in the way of just this authentic state of being. That's a really magical journey. I love the way that you describe those seven pillars because, you know, I can see the sort of the fairly clear, uh, you know, alignment with the chakra system. Um, but it, it really is a is a kind of a, a lovely, deep inquiry, uh, different way. You know, you're just coming at the same thing, working in energy from a different direction that I do, which I absolutely love. So you're what are you the the what are the um the methods the modalities if you like I mean obviously you've mentioned a few at the at the beginning of our chat you you've mentioned a few of the things that you work with like Reiki and and yoga as well um but when you when somebody starts to work with you I mean obviously it's going to be different for everybody but what are the kind of things are you asking them to do journaling and keeping record you know notes or you know what what is how how do you work with people I'm just fascinated to know yeah so at least through prisma the online course training mm -hmm. and community folks go through the the eight module course which guides them through the pillars yeah. And then have access to the somatic and mindfulness-based practices. So those are guided practices with me um, three times a month uh, over a year-long period. And that's where we really get to embody the practices. Again, that's the mind training where we are reorienting from pain to possibility. So really becoming well-steeped in, I'd say there's probably like three dozen different mindfulness-based practices that I teach throughout the seven Prisma Pillars. And then the energy medicine component, right? So the energy medicine piece, the Reiki piece is really helping us heal the subconscious and the unconscious mind that's stored in the tissues. So there's just some pain that we can't think or talk our way through. Mm -hmm. So learning, you know, energy medicine, learn a complete Reiki one, two, and three training program. And those are offered and it's all online through nine one day retreats uh, through the course of a year. So folks really learn the entire system within the first three months, but then have year-long access and uh, so they can just deepen into the practices. Mm -hmm. 
So in, I'm just sort of on a little side note. So when you're teaching, when the you come to the Reiki portion of your course, like when you're teaching Reiki, are you teaching them how to do Reiki on themselves or to do Reiki? Like, or are you doing, is the Reiki being, I don't know a huge amount of, it's one of the things that is on my bucket list. That I would really like to learn more about Reiki. I need to talk to a Reiki practitioner. You know, so, but you obviously are, you know, a practitioner of Reiki. So what are you, what is the tool that you're giving them when you're giving them Reiki? Because yeah. I always thought that, you know, you could go and have a Reiki session, someone would do Reiki to you and, you know, help you with your energetic body, what have you. But um, yeah, tell me a bit more about that. So yeah, folks can receive Reiki from a practitioner and have a Reiki session. Or when you go to a Reiki training or a Reiki school, you're learning how to give yourself Reiki. Right. And you can also then learn how to become a practitioner and give others Reiki. Mm. I teach very much through a trauma-informed lens. So my first program, the year-long program, folks are learning all levels of Reiki, but the focus is very much on self-care and self-healing because I think that then becomes the foundation for our capacity to support others on their healing path is the depth of our own capacity to heal ourselves. So yeah, folks are learning how to give themselves Reiki, which for folks who are new to Reiki, Reiki is defined as universal life force energy. And it's just helping us um, access, yeah, our own innate capacity to heal. Again, it's flushing out the stagnation and the residue of trauma that's stored in the body. I think a nice imagery that's actually helpful is to think of the body and the mind and the spirit as a symphony orchestra. And when we're experiencing health, all the different parts of the body are in constant communication. They are harmonized and they're playing in tune. So we're making sweet music, but because of trauma and because of stress, the nervous system will get short-circuited. And all of a sudden, the different parts of the orchestra, the body, mind, and spirit, start to lose that capacity to communicate with one another. And so when that communication gets broken up, we start to create a whole lot of noise. So, and that's when our symptoms, our illness and our disease start to surface. And so, as I kind of mentioned earlier, my job is just to help restore people to their innate wisdom. And mm -hmm. as we connect to our innate wisdom, it breaks up all that noise and then the symphony orchestra we are starts to come back into this harmonic balance. So Reiki, which is just applied through the laying of hands, you know, there is just so much research around the, the science of touch. It's the only sense we can't live without. So through touch, we calm the cardiovascular system. We reboot the immune system. We regulate the nervous system. You know, so there's all these physiological benefits from a touch-based healing practice. You know, many indigenous cultures use touch, um, you know, have been using touch for centuries to heal. So it's just, you know, we even think when a kid gets, uh, you know, a, a boo-boo, let's say we kiss, <laughs> the, we touch it to self-soothe or when we yeah. hit our elbow, we touch, right? There's the innate um, impulse to touch, to heal. Mm. So it's just reclaiming the power of touch to heal ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, I've found over the years, just on my own healing journey, when I've overlaid energy medicine with somatics and mindfulness and trauma and neuroscience, that's what has helped me really uh, flush out the residue and the subterranean patterns of trauma stored in my body, which then allowed my entire musculoskeletal system to reorganize. So mm -hmm. that's solving the chronic pain, the anxiety and the depression. Yeah, extraordinary. And so in your own healing journey, and you say you had a scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine, and you were doing um, all these various healing modalities to sort of get yourself back on track. It was a, was it anything specific that you think did that? Or was it just an overall? Is it the fact that I mean, and, and I'm, I'm kind of know the answer to this already, I think. But is it or everything combined, all the different various little parts of this, where you were dealing with your energy and dealing with your trauma and dealing with your, you know, all the various bits that you were um, healing that gradually allowed your, your spine to realign itself back into 
there wasn't one particular thing that's what I'm getting at it was a bit of everything yeah yeah and that's why I've created Prisma it's like it was no one thing there are no silver bullets when it comes to healing there although healing can sometimes be spontaneous and there can be rapid shifts in healing it's often Mm -hmm. because we've been tending to the garden we've been setting or creating the climate for healing to happen um, and that takes time and practice. And so that's somatics, the mindfulness, the energy medicine, having this trauma and neuroscience roadmap. So we have both an intellectual understanding of healing and an energetic and a somatic understanding of healing. So we're healing both through mind and body and also mm-hmm. spirit. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is exactly where the you know we're speaking in the same language in a, in a way here because that's exactly what I advocate and love is is using you know because I came to this to where I am through yoga just because I was I loved yoga I became a yoga teacher and but then it, I realized that it was supporting me in so many different ways just you know having just focused on the physical practice to begin with I then realized what an incredibly important part not only the breathing the meditation and the philosophy um and the mindset around the yoga and then the the physical stuff that was just uh an, an amazing way where the body was was communicating with my energy energetic body without you know completely bypassing my brain and my head you know <laughs> my thoughts I was doing it you know and I think a lot of people do that you know they they go to the gym or they do some physical exercise because it makes them feel good I don't really know why they just know it's good for them so they do it, it makes them feel good so they do it but but it's it's contributing to your energetic body in such an important way. Um, this whole looking at everything, and that's you know, I, I love to get this message out is that it is, and everybody knows it. You know, mind, body, spirit. We have to work with all of three at you know at once in whatever way works for you. Um, to to find that sort of wholeness to find that oneness and that balance that we want for so that we have the healthy mind healthy body and um yeah can sort of do what we want to do in life absolutely there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah. The body's highly resilient. And so we learn how to adapt to trauma and distress, but eventually those maladaptations will catch up to us. Mm. Um, fortunately, the, the system is highly resilient. So when we start to add in environmental influences to counter stress, to create harmony, to create balance, the system is just very responsive. You know, the body is designed to heal. And so with the right tools, with the right support, um, it has a really remarkable capacity to to create new possibility, to create new balance, to create a new expression of health. So if somebody's listening who is suffering with, let's say, anxiety or chronic pain, whatever, you know, they're suffering somehow. What's your advice in terms of what the sort of how their first step to finding something that's going to, you know, towards this work, what would you suggest they do? Yeah. Um, Again, there's no one way to heal. 
Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a, it was a trick question, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of folks, I think, will, you know, reach out to, let's say, one healer or therapist or take one training. And if it doesn't feel like it's the right fit, they may just give up and they'll be like, well, nothing is going to work for me. So it's like, we need to be our own best advocates and we need to keep leaning in and becoming very resourceful in finding what are the tools that do work? Okay, that tool didn't work. Let me leave it behind. But also giving tools some time to understand that things aren't just an overnight, you know, an overnight shift. So yeah. it's like commitment's the big part and then action, you know, commitment and action. And we can't heal in isolation. As mammals, we're social creatures. So we're not meant to live alone and we yeah. can't heal isolation so we no, need we support. need support you know i mean that's what we said right at the beginning wasn't it that one of the main traumas that we has have from, from you know from growing up is is not having had that support that we so desperately need you know because as you say you know we are community based people you know beings we need we need each other and yeah i i totally agree you know there's i i've spoken to lots of various healers and so on and they they always say you know there's always somebody who shows up and they just go well you didn't fix me in one session so i'm never coming back again you know <laughs> it's just like yeah there's a certain amount of patience but also i think it's really important to find somebody who you resonate with because there is somebody out there for everybody who's going to resonate somebody who you go yeah they they feel like my person they feel like they're the person who could help me um so keep searching exactly i think that's although the modality or the the treatment may be like highly effective yeah that's the, the most benefit of any therapeutic relationship is the relationship itself. And so are you able to forge a connection with this person that is going to support psychological safety and trust? Yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking of a client the other day, just, you know, and I'm very transparent with my story and I'll share when it's helpful. So my clients and my students don't feel so alone in their journey. So I'll share, you know, tidbits of my healing journey. And, you know, a lot of my clients trust that I can hold them in their pain because they have an understanding of the depth of my own pain that I have navigated through. And so it's important that, you know, you're working with folks who, can get you who understand you um, to some degree, perhaps who have been there. Um, and, and that makes a big difference for you to be able to let down your guard and lean into that support and receive it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, if anybody's out there and they feel that they're resonating with Greg, then how do they, how do they people get in touch with you? And uh, yeah. Uh, gregwhiting.com and yeah so i have prisma the online course the training program and the community so that is where i teach you every i once had a client years ago who said i just wish i could get inside your head and it's like all right this community this training program is how you get inside my head and have all the tools you need to heal yourself and then i also have limited space on my schedule to work one-on-one -on -one. so some folks may not feel ready to dive into a, a training program uh, they just want that one-on-one -on -one support so that's available too and on my website you can learn about both and and then it all starts with a phone conversation we yeah. just schedule uh, or a zoom call we yeah. just, just schedule a chat i want to know where you're at where you want to be what you've tried what's worked what hasn't you know what are your biggest challenges what's the vision you have what do you really want and we're kind of vetting each other out to feel if yeah. feel into if we can, you know, be a I'm all about creating win-wins, you know, like I pride myself on getting results. Um, and if I feel like I'm not the right person to get help you get the results that you know you deserve and you want, then I'm gonna send you elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but if I feel confident that I can help you get those results, then I'll, I'll invite you on board to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a two-way street. You know, you have to, the resonation, resonation, that's not even a word, is it? <laughs> the resonance needs to work both ways. That's true. Yeah. No, well, I'm in a, I'm fascinated by what you do, Greg. And I really think that what you're doing is, is spectacular. It's gorgeous work and, you know, energetic work of any sort is wonderful. So, I'm um yeah thank you very much for joining me I feel like I've taken you know it's time for you to get on with the the rest of your day and um I'm 
Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really fascinating chatting with you. So thank you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me again on the Chakra Meditation Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Greg. And if you were intrigued by um, any of the things he said, or you indeed resonated with him, um, then you can find him at gregwhiting.com. But Whiting is spelt slightly differently. It's W-I-E-T-I-N-G. So Greg Whiting, W-I-E-T-I-N-G dot com. And there you will find all his information about Prisma and you could book yourself a chat with him if you like as well. And I think it's really important that you, um, when you're going on your healing journey, that you approach somebody who you resonate with, Um, which is why I think having all these conversations with healers is so wonderful because I feel um, really privileged to be able to show you, um, you know, introduce you to these different modalities, these different people, these different ways of thinking and working. Um, and, you know, there's going to be some people that I talk to who you go, yeah, they're for me. They sound great. So if that's the case, you know where to find Greg. And of course, you know where to find me as well at chakra-way.com. And if you are um, interested in my course, then please get in touch. That's going to be starting again very soon. And if you want to have a chakra reading, you can also book that on my website as well. So I will be here again with another chat very soon. Until then, take care. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.